Welcome to the Medical Association of Georgia's award-winning Top Doc Show. With more than 8,000 members who care for patients in every specialty and practice setting, MAG is the leading voice for physicians in Georgia. Go to mag.org to join MAG if you're a physician in Georgia. And thanks to MAG Insurance Agency for its support as a sponsor. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Top Docs. I'm your host and MAG Government Relations Director and General Counsel, Bethany Scher. Today's episode addresses the state's naloxone kit distribution program, and it's sponsored by the Georgia Department of Behavioral Health and Disabilities. Our guest is Brian Lay, who is the Senior Coordinator for DBHDD's Opioid Dis- Response Team. Welcome, and our sincere thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. What are the latest numbers on opioid misuse in Georgia? Well, so recently we have the 2020 opioid mortality data that was released for the state of Georgia. And in 2020, uh, opioid overdose deaths have increased from 853 in 2019 to 1300 in 2020. So the rate of opioid deaths have increased from 8.1 to 12.4 people per 100,000 people. So uh, it, it's gone up quite a bit. Uh, we've also seen a rise in street drugs that are being laced with fentanyl, uh, which is a lot stronger than heroin. And how has the pandemic affected opioid misuse? Uh, actually, in a lot of different ways. There was, a, as you, I just mentioned, a dramatic increase in these opioid-related deaths. It's likely linked to COVID-19 uh, because the pandemic has been extremely stressful. There's been a lot of fears, anxieties, Uh, uh, social isolation, a lot of very overwhelming things that have increased a lot of levels of stress in individuals. And sometimes, unfortunately, uh, people tend to use substances to cope with these fears and anxieties. Uh, People with pre-existing mental health conditions or uh, past uh, substance use disorders are particularly vulnerable. And people who were not able to go to support groups uh, until it moved to virtual also were vulnerable as well. But even then, it's been hard for them, especially if they require that in-person, peer-to-peer type connection that uh, isn't just through a screen. Uh, Naturally, we have to balance that with public health um, through infectious disease. Uh, So it's been hard. Um, And how has your team modified its efforts to combat opioid misuse as a result of the pandemic? So thank you for asking that. Uh, So when we first went into lockdown, back in March, I believe, was when everyone went into lockdown. Uh, We had a lot of things planned, a lot of community events planned, and a lot of in-person trainings planned. And all of that had to be scrapped due to the pandemic. And as a result of that, we had to move uh, quickly, or as quickly as possible, to move things virtually. And on top of that, we had to wait for our partners and the people we also work with that are external Uh, to also move virtual. So once everyone moved everything to virtual and everyone got situated with that, um, we started conducting online events. We started hosting virtual community events, virtual trainings, other virtual activities. Uh, It's definitely been a lesson on being flexible and being creative, uh, but it doesn't mean that uh, there haven't been some sort of difficulties to that, Uh, whether it be people logging to events, promoting the events, And then also having people stay on and stick on because watching an event through a screen is different than participating in person. And for those that don't know, what's naloxone? 
So naloxone is a drug that can reverse the effects of opioids when someone is overdosing. Um, how it does this is that it blocks the opioid drugs, whether it be heroin, oxycodone, fentanyl, from occupying the same space on the receptors of the brain. Uh, the chemistry of the brain prefers or has a higher affinity to the naloxone for those receptors, so it'll just kick it right off, um, just in simple terms. And how does the state's naloxone kit distribution program work? So there are actually two different arms to the state opioid response grant that, um, that we have. So I'm the senior coordinator for the prevention side. We have a treatment side as well. It's just how we broke it up within the state. Um, for my team with the opioid prevention efforts, we provide training to law enforcement and first, other first responders, public safety, uh, EMS. During the trainings, what happens is they'll get the training. Then after the training, they'll receive two naloxone kits that can be used when they respond to an overdose situation in the community when they're on call. Uh, once that kit is used, we actually will replace that naloxone kit for free as long as it's reported back to us because we have our, um, our own reporting system that we report back to the federal government. Uh, the other arm is the state opioid response uh, treatment and recovery team. They are tasked with getting those naloxone kits to the hands of individuals that might be at higher risk for opioid overdose, or they might be in situations where someone could overdose. It could be family members, lo other loved ones. It could be a bartender, um, restaurant staff, what have you. So that's how it generally works is for us, there's a training for law enforcement, first responders. For them, their goal is to get it out to sort of uh, other individuals that are not in for uh, public safety. And who are some of your key partners on that naloxone kit program? I'd say one of our strongest partners has been the Georgia Public Safety Training Center, or GYPSTIC. Uh, we work with them to connect first responders to naloxone trainings. Uh, we've worked with them to create an entirely new training called it's a play on our name. So we're the SOAR team, the SOAR uh, state opioid response team. The training is called state, uh, state opioid adapted response. So SOAR as well. And that training is for the gypstick public safety officers that go um, out in the field. What they learn is opioid overdose uh, signs and symptoms, how to administer Narcan uh, or naloxone, the generic name how to de-escalate situations. So like crowd control, managing a crowd while there's an ongoing overdose, as well as protecting themselves being safe so that they don't have an accidental exposure to like fentanyl, for instance. Um, we also ask that they provide appropriate resources for those that are, uh, you know, that have been saved as well. The SOAR training goes beyond what's offered in that one hour naloxone training that we already offer. So it's like an additional program that is longer and more um, information. That's fantastic. Are there any success stories you'd like to highlight? Yeah, so since October of 2020, we've actually trained uh, over 1,400 going towards 1,500 different law enforcement officers in naloxone trainings and equipped them with Narcan or naloxone. We've trained, uh, our goal was around 159 counties, so every single county in the state of Georgia and as of right now, we're at 92% completion. So we're very proud of how many counties we have trained. And at the, at really actually before this interview, I had four reversal reports that were submitted to me already. So it was a pretty good day for that. That's great. And who are your community partners and how can they help prevent overdoses? Awesome. Well, community partners are individuals in the community 
or organizations in the community that might want to pr uh, promote opioid interventions or, or prevention programs in their communities. So anyone can be this sort of community partner. It could be even local law enforcement, local leadership, local youth organizations, faith-based communities. Uh, there's a wide list of, of what a community partner could be. Uh, what we're looking for is whether or not they are interested in doing these prevention programs. And if they are interested, we do encourage them to host different events or have conversations about opioid prevention. Uh, this is an issue that we tell them that can affect, uh, impact anyone. Uh, there is no, uh, there's no specific group of people that we want them to just primarily focus on. We want them to know that opioid prevention can impact and help a lot of people. Um, we have a opioid prevention toolkit or media toolkit that we developed for the purpose of giving it out to these communities for free that they can download online at opioidresponse.info. That's our website. And they can go there, click on the Get Resources tab, and they can get that toolkit. and has everything you need to run your own media campaign in your community. So we try to make it super easy for uh, people to not only become a partner with us, but also to run these programs. That's great. Um, and I'm a parent, so do you have any advice for parents who want to discuss the dangers of opioid misuse with their children? Of course. Um, I think it's very important for parents to have <clears throat> a very open and truthful conversation with their kids or children about opioids. It's important to tell them about the dangers of not just opioids, but using any type of medication, especially outside of the bounds that were, it was prescribed for. And while medication is there to help you, uh, it can also be dangerous. It's important to talk to your child's pediatrician about the risks or, or their dentist about the risk of opioids and about different alternatives to managing pain. Um, often we have the mentality that a doctor or dentist gives you a prescription that it's safe, but there are always inherent dangers anytime you fill an opioid prescription. So you can talk to them, just have an honest and open conversation, relay your concerns and fears about that, and really just ask them, is this something you really need or are there alternatives? And that's a conversation between you and your doctor or you and your dentist that, you know, we encourage you to have. What's your team doing to educate Georgians on opioid safety? So we have five key messages that we want to educate Georgians on, and I'll just kind of briefly go through all five. Uh, the first is to provide education to Georgians about the importance of securely um, and safely securing medications by locking it in a uh, in a medical lockbox to prevent accidents, theft, or misuse. Uh, that's something similar to like with alcohol, we encourage people to, you know, make sure their alcohol is locked away in a cabinet so your kid can't take it by accident or intentionally. Uh, it's the same thing with opioid medications. It's a powerful drug. You know, if you keep it locked away, it's, it's a way to decrease uh, any sort of potential harm from that. We also want to inform and educate Georgians about the Good Samaritan law, also known as medical amnesty. It protects individuals when they're calling 911 in cases of alcohol and drug overdoses. We encourage them to call 911 and to stay until help arrives because they are granted those limited sort of immunities from prosecution. Um, uh, the, one of the third ones that we like to educate people about is to speak to their doctors about alternatives to opioid pain medications to prevent potential misuse. That's something we just covered just now. Uh, the fourth one is that we like to provide information to Georgians about the Georgia Crisis and Access Line, also known as GCAL, G-C-A-L. Uh, 
that's to aid those who are in crisis and provide behavioral health linkages to other resources and care. We have uh, staff on hand 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And lastly, we'd like to provide information on naloxone used to, which is used again to reverse an opioid overdose and to encourage those that have these kind of risks or if they have a prescription for it to perhaps obtain naloxone uh, from their pharmacist to prevent accidental overdoses as well. So those are kind of our five key points that all of our media campaigns, all of our different campaigns revolve around and uh, any campaign that we have, we like to push out those messages. Do you have any suggestions to help physicians identify high-risk patients? So this one's a little bit tricky, but first of all, um, uh, again, I am not a physician, but any patient that is prescribed an opioid is inherently at risk for an opioid um, uh, abuse or addiction. It's just the nature of what an opioid is. So all I can really recommend is that, you know, you have an honest and open conversation about opioids, what they are, what they do, and possible alternatives for it. Um, so really anyone really can be addicted to opioids when they utilize it. So I would just encourage all doctors when they do any prescribing to have that sort of open conversation. And how can our audience get more information on the naloxone kit program or opioid misuse? So you can learn more about the state opioid response efforts by going to opioidresponse.info. You can go there to watch PSAs that we've created, get that media toolkit, learn more about our naloxone trainings to get naloxone if you're a high-risk individual uh, through our linkages to the different uh, the recovery and treatment program. And if you're law enforcement and watching or just first responders, EMS, your doctors, you know, you might want some sort of care, your first responder, uh, you can request a free training. And after you get that free training, again, we will provide that Narcan or Naloxone. And do you have any final thoughts? Um, I wanted to just kind of state that there is, again, that Georgia Crisis and Access Line number. It's 1-800-715-4225. There's also an app for it called MyGCal. And that's something that you can utilize to get help uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, so there's that. And then again, check us out at opioidresponse.info uh, for more information. Uh, aside from that, I uh, thank you for having us here. Our sincere thanks to Brian Lay for addressing some important issues. We would also like to thank DBHDD for sponsoring today's program. As always, we thank and applaud our tireless and heroic physicians and allied healthcare professionals and staff for everything they do every day. From everybody at MAG, thanks for watching, and we'll catch up with you on the next edition of Top Docs. Thanks for watching this episode of Top Docs. Please share this program with your colleagues and family and friends. Remember to follow MAG on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget that you can get past episodes of the show at mag.org backslash topdocs. From everybody at MAG, we look forward to catching up with you on our next episode of Top Docs.